Gentlemen, we went over the rules in the dressing room. I want to caution you to keep this fight clean at all times, and what I say you must obey. Live from the WKOM studio in downtown Columbia, it's time to wake up and get woke. It's three dudes with a view. Let's get it all! Okay, welcome back in. Monday edition, Three Dudes with a View. My name is Del Kennedy. Uh, it's Monday. It's uh, gloomy again out there. Uh, spring's just around the corner, folks, so you can hear the birds, see the daffodils blooming, uh, grass starting to green up, and even some trees budding. So spring's coming. Get ready. It's still pretty warm out there. My name is Del Kennedy. I am dude number three. Dude number two, Clayton Harris, is still out there driving the bus, but I think he's with us. I am. Good morning, Dale. Good morning, everybody. All right, dude number one, Mr. Jim York. Uh, we have a- is on. Is on. Good morning. Good morning, Dale. Wake up now. Wake up. Yeah, you're <laughs> running the show up there. Wake up. Don't fall asleep at the wheel. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Mr. York. <laughs> there you go. All right, regular special guest dude, Carrie Powers. How you doing? Excellent. Happy Monday. And friend of the station, uh, we always are welcoming him uh, on Monday morning these days because the legislature is in full swing. I mean, it's happening right now. The Tennessee State Legislature uh, is doing things that affect you. And uh, this week, there are two things that really do affect Murray County in a big way on uh, the committee agendas in the uh, in the legislature, both Senate and House. And uh, first of all, it's the, I believe, the Property Tax Payers Relief Act. It It's with the mechanism Murray County's been searching for for uh, several years now. It's a, call it what you want, impact fee. Uh, it, it allows growth to pay for growth if the county commission so chooses to do it. This legislation would allow the county commission that choice. Second of all, the uh, legislation to designate the Duck River west of Columbia as a scenic river. Uh, This will protect our water source, which we need so badly. So both of these issues really will affect our lives right here in Murray County. And I want to welcome Scott Sapecki, our representative, to talk about these things and others. Well, thank you, Adelco. I guess we'll get into it right away, just like we did this year in the General Assembly. Um, That is correct. The uh, Duck River Scenic River Bill will be in committee Tuesday at 10.30 in the House Agricultural Committee. Uh, It's House Bill 447. Uh, That bill, basically what it does is it continues the process of what we've already started in Murray County. Um, If you go to the Iron Bridge Road and go east back to the uh, county line, that is already a a Class II scenic waterway that was done. And now we're going to make from Industrial Park Bridge Road to the Hickman County line, uh, the request is to make that a Class II scenic river waterway. What's interesting is uh, everybody knows that the Duck River is one of the most uh, biodiverse rivers in the world. What's really interesting is, and I, I don't know why I've asked, but I haven't been able to find out why, the stretch in Murray County is like the epicenter of that for some reason. We don't no, I'm, I'm, I, knew, I, I knew the first part. I didn't know the second part. Yeah, it's something that's very unique here in Murray County. And so we are going to try to protect that, that pristine waterway. 
uh, for all the kayakers, the canoers, the floaters, uh, people that want to experience what a uh, what a class what, what a natural beauty the Duck River is. Um, not to mention the folks who need some clean water to drink and bathe in. And that's the other thing is there are exceptions that we are going uh, we are going to put into this that allow such as Columbia Power to do a water intake uh, down in Williamsport or other municipalities because under EPA and TDEC law, if they withdraw water from any waterway, they have to return it clean as clean or cleaner than the way they found it. So it doesn't hurt any type of, of the water source. So that bill will be in committee. Uh, Tuesday at 10.30 at the Agricultural Subcommittee, uh, House Bill 447. Um, I'm going to tell you right now, folks, it's not a given. Um, People need to come up there and and talk to to the representatives in that committee. Uh, You can stop by my office, and we will give you the names of who to talk to. Be polite, but ask them, just let them know how important this is to protect the water source for the next probably 50 to 70 years here um, as we continue to grow in, in Murray County. That's the first one. Now, Scott, do people need to know the bill number or just the subject matter, the caption of the bill? Uh, if, you, if you just talk them about uh, making the Duck River a scenic waterway. Now, remember, this doesn't apply to the whole state. It's just in Murray County. So this only affects the waterway in Murray County. I have um, a question on that. Do people need to go up there or would an email be a good thing to do? <clears throat> I can tell you this. When we're in session, do not email. Okay. We get thousands of emails, and most of them are just click and delete because there's just so many of them. And especially if you send any type of form email, we can screen those. We automatically delete them because we, if not, we'd have 15,000 emails in our server, and it would just lock up the servers. So um, the best thing to do is if you can't make it is to put a phone call up there and just let them know if you can make it, which is most important. Most of the, the key legislation that gets passed that affects Murray County individually, you've got to show up up there and let people know that this this is this is concerning enough for you to take the hour drive up to Nashville and talk to your representatives. So yes, if you can make it, it'd be great. Um, if you can't, make a phone call and call the members of that committee very simply and just say, hey, I'm in support of House Bill 447. It is the Duck River Scenic, uh, Scenic River Bill. Uh, it's a key, blah, 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 and just keep it nice and short. And those, And then they will keep track. Anytime we get phone calls on an issue, we do keep track. Well, if we go up there, what does that look like? You show up at a certain time, what, like yeah, it, it would help uh, uh, if it's in if it's in committee in ten thirty. Um, I would say you'd want to be walking around no later than probably hmm, nine o'clock, and that gives you enough time to go and see the, you know the six or seven members of the subcommittee. And then remember, Senator Hensley on the Senate side has the same obstacles that he's fighting through, too. So you yeah. uh, get, get in touch with Senator Hensley on that bill. And, Scott, I've had several people uh, contact me, you know, what can I do? How can I make this happen on both both bills uh, mm-hmm. that we're talking about here? The uh, uh, Scenic River Bill mm-hmm. and the uh, whatever you want Property to call Tax it. Relief Bill. Property Tax Relief Bill, impact fee, whatever you want to call it. Now, remember, w- this bill is not about an impact fee. Uh, imp- there, there is no there is no language in state code for impact fee. That word is not defined. It's not. But what, what we're doing here, and this is House Bill 1206. This is the other bill that's come from Murray County that we are working on. Uh, uh, Murray County and other cities and municipalities and counties have hired lobbyists on this side to try to argue and push this bill through. Uh, obviously, the builders and some, and realtors are opposing this bill. And so it's going to be a clash up in the General Assembly. That bill is 1030 on Wednesday in committee, property and planning in, this, in the House. Here's what's really interesting, Delk. 
Right. In the Senate, the bills are opposite. So today, Senator Hensley will be presenting the property uh, tax bill, a property taxpayer relief bill in committee. And tomorrow, or on Wednesday, he'll be presenting the uh, Duck River bill. So we are opposite for some reason. Just uh, just came out that way. And but So it's the Scenic River bill for the Western Murray County Duck River. Mm-hmm. And also the Property Taxpayers Relief Act, you know, a.k.a. impact fee, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. But we're the fastest growing county in the state. We've got a problem here, especially paying for the schools and other related infrastructure mm-hmm. that comes with our growth. And there's a widespread feeling that although we welcome growth, growth should pay for growth, not existing property tax payers. So this would allow the Murray County Commission to address that situation. Now, I've had a lot of folks call me uh, on that, are, that want to support these things, Scott. And and what I tell them is, you know, first of all, yes, go if mm-hmm. you can. Go. go to the legislator. And second of all, you really don't have to, you know, it, great if you get a chance to speak with the representatives, but just going in their office, politely telling them why you're there, uh, what your interest is, where you're from. Uh, the the legislature will, the, the, the legislator, the representative, they'll get the word from their staff, mm-hmm. and it counts. Just remember this. Right now, we're in session, and I've showed you my uh, my my calendar, and we are pretty much booked out probably two and three weeks in advance for our time. However, um, it, like you said, if you come into the office and just say, "Look, I, if I can get in the, if I can see the representative, great. If I can't, will you just let them know the reason why we're here?" And staff will do that. And staff will do that. And and the uh, legislators are they they pay attention. They do. Yeah. So it's very important. Um, we've asked the county commission as a whole, not individually, but uh, Senator Hensley and I have asked the county commission as a whole. Uh, to please come up to the uh, General Assembly and be there with us in support. It's very it's very powerful if I can turn around and say, hey, by the way, this is my entire county commission, and they support this le- le- uh, legislation. So, Okay, this uh, is it. Action week for Murray County, yeah, this folks. Is, this is it, because if it doesn't, if, if it fails in either committee, in the House or the Senate, they're done. That's it. I hope my representative shows up. My county commissioner? Oh, okay. No, sorry. You said representative. I'm sorry. like, I'm well, going to be there. I well, my county it. commission representative. Sorry, but, you know, I hope, I mean, this is a big deal, and I hope yes. that our local leaders are going to be able to follow through. Yeah, well, I personally am going to leave about an hour after we get off the air, a little, and uh, go up and spend the afternoon on the hill. I have not done it in a long time. I'm looking forward to it. We have, uh, we have worked both committees hard, and I'm going to tell you, it's close. It's close. But I do hope you're there, too. Yes, my representative. Yes, I will be there. <laughs> I have a speaking... Scott, what are the objections to passing that bill? Which, wh- which one? Can you list a few? Which one, Mr. The, York? The Duck River bill. Um, I, I, I haven't heard... Nobody's personally told me any objections to it. Uh, there are some long-term concerns because... And I, and I will tell you this. Um, once you... It, it's kind of strange bedfellows is the people who are helping us get this passed right now, the environmentalists, the Sierra Club, things like that. If Murray County ever in the future needs to try to change that designation for some reason, those same people that are helping you pass it will now vehemently oppose you. So I I let all the commissioners know is once you ask for this, because the portion that sits east of Iron Bridge runs through the Yanali property. So there is there is no development issues there. There's nothing. But the west side, as we head west, 
potentially that could be a growth area for, for Murray County. And so once you put this in there, and I, and I let them all notice, once you put this in there, it will never come out. It'll just never come out because you'll never get enough people in Nashville to change that, to change not protecting the water source. It just won't happen. So uh, that's about the only objection that I let, not objection, I just wanted to let them be aware of. Once you do this, it's never coming back out. Yeah, but, of course. But, you I, know, the, the thing is, if you're protecting a water source, that's good for the whole state, not just our our county, even though it's happening in the county. What's wrong with people thinking on a broad spectrum about protecting clean water? Oh, Mr. York, I agree with you on this, 100% on this. Um, if, if Murray County is going to continue to have clean water, the solution for the future is Columbia Power and Water's intake down towards Williamsport. So we've got to make sure that all that water funneling into that intake is clean, which will allow Middle Tennessee to continue to grow. And when I say Middle Tennessee, you know, you're talking Franklin County, you're talking Giles County, uh, Wayne County, Lewis County, Lawrence County, Hickman County, Murray County, Williamson. I mean, you're talking the main growth area in the state of Tennessee that would be able to have a water supply and good, a good clean water supply for probably the next 50 to 70 years until we have to start addressing more issues. Yeah. Now, the, the Trinity, the company that wants to build a mega dump out on the old Monsanto property, I'm told does have uh, paid lobbyists uh, on the floor trying to oppose this, and I'm also told that they don't very play very nice in the sandbox. They're 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 rough, tumble, no holes barred players. Uh, so that's there. All right, we're taking a we break. Need, we need to know those politicians is taking the payoff too. <clears throat> well, uh, that Trinity doesn't have any popular support behind them, and I, you know that. Lobbyists who do well have actually constituents who uh, uh, are behind them. So uh, that's one thing. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Motor Sales is our area's premier GMC dealership. Their lot at 919 Nashville Highway has an impressive selection of GMC vehicles, trucks from the light-duty GMC Canyon to the Sierra 3500 Heavy Duty, and everything in between. GMC's SUVs are impressive with the Terrain, Acadia, and Yukon. Want luxury? Ask about Denali upgrades. Go to ParksMotorSales.com for information and see their awesome offers and services. Parks Motor Sales, GMC. We are professional. Grade. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Have you been hauling your own garbage to the convenience center? Are you tired of doing it? Does your work schedule keep you from hauling it off regularly? Is your teenage son not taking it off like he promised when he got his driver's license? 
Do you have something better to do on Saturday? If any of these questions strike home to you, call the Garbage Man at 931-540-0919 and your problem will be solved. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years' experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Welcome back in Three Dudes with a View. If you want to see the character Buckwheat portrayed as a uh, clever, intelligent character, watch reruns of 
uh, the little rascals. If you want to see a retarded buckwheat, just watch the next White House press conference. Oh. Okay. There we go. All right, number two, Clayton Harris. How you doing? Now you know you can't get away with that. I, d- doing well, Del. Good morning, everybody. Doing well, doing well. Mr. York, two, number one, Mr. Jim York. Well, you know you can't get away with that. Feel if you free. You want to see? Go to any Republican legislature, and you'll see some some clowns doing their business or what they call their business. Like uh, the governor Lee was in drag outfit in 1977 in his high school yearbook uh, you know, oh, you Lord, know. that's open all right dude, dude, regular special guest dude carrie powers how you doing hello and state representative scott specky friend of the station how are you um good morning and very cautious in this minefield Let me tell you. <laughs> can, can i say one thing please? Hey, but now mr york it does sound you know just to go where you went just for a minute it didn't sound from your from your remarks a few minutes ago, that uh, you are in favor of the scenic river designation for the Duck River in Western Murray County, and also in favor of the Property Taxpayers Relief Act. Am I am I wrong? Am I surmise? No, you you're right because you know clean water, clean environment is 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 a priority for a growing county that people are moving here and want a pristine environment, and and you know property tax relief bill if that's something that can help the citizens of this county or the citizens you know across the state that that's something we need to promote and and scott i don't know if you heard our thursday show but in a surprising well no it wasn't surprising at all but in a rare instance in which clayton and mr york and i completely agreed we we really do agree that your focus on kindergarten and making sure that uh, young children don't leave kindergarten until they are ready to do the work in first grade uh, we we agree that that that's the right thing to do and are supportive well i, I appreciate that we had uh more hearings this week up in the general assembly we brought in people a wide range of people to come in and talk we had hume fogg come in one of the best high schools in the in the in the country not in the state of tennessee folks but one of the best high schools in this in the country came in and talk about how important it was for their academic success that when these kids hit freshman year they're on grade level they're proficient or advanced they've got to be average and they're ready to roll and you know we keep we keep looking testimony after testimony everybody just keeps pointing back as you can't let them out of kindergarten until they're ready to go and the a- academic outcomes on kids that are on grade level in first grade tend to stay on grade level. We're hoping that this could be the thing that starts to shift, along with the instructional supports of, of, of uh, tutoring, summer school for these young kids to get them in there, get them extra help, get them caught up from parents that either don't have the time to do it or just don't know what to do, and hopefully get these kids caught up so we can start to transform these classrooms to where in first grade, instead of, you know, a third of the kids showing up ready to go, you know, maybe 70, 80, 90 percent of the kids are able to show up and, and ready to go, which means now teachers can do the things that they need to do to keep moving these kids forward academically and pass them off to the next teacher at the next grade level with the bulk of the class ready to learn. It's just it's got another area. Uh, just makes sense, area, Scott. Yes, another area yes, that we yes. the, the state Carrie, needs to Carrie, really we, focus on is the economic development in these communities. Mm-hmm. With a median income of $29,000 in the state of Tennessee, that's not going to cut it. That's and right. that's why parents don't have 
the opportunity to work with their kids. There's no stay home moms anymore. You know, there's people working two and three jobs yeah. and, and they can't do the due diligence that needs to be, although that needs to be a priority. That's right. But they got to make a living to take care of their family. So mm-hmm. we need to start getting jobs in this area that's more than what we got. You know, just a few jobs here and there is not going to work for the majority of the population. That's right, Mr. York. We are working with the economic development in Tennessee to start to push some of these bigger manufacturing sites or these bigger investments in Tennessee out to more rural communities, such as a Tullahoma, such as a a, a Franklin down in Lincoln County, Uh, just trying to push these out further and further and further away to... You know, you, you bring a, for instance, like like a, a battery plant or the tile plant in Mount Pleasant. Let's say you have that that one show up down in uh, Perry County. That's a deal changer for that community. You've transformed that community. Something else we're working on. I'm going to segue real quick here, guys, to watch yeah, our time yeah, so I can yeah, answer go, questions go. for you. Um, there's four more bills I have in education that are on. So I got a full week this week. I got six bills on notice. Uh, House Bill Seven is the materials, the Classroom Materials Act for our teachers. Uh, that bill was originally 500 for the classroom, but I found out that in the new TISA funding formula, there is no allocation for teachers at all in their classroom materials, none, zero. And so uh, having conversations with leadership, they asked me to scale that back to $300 to make sure that they are, are getting something this coming school year. Uh, we've been told that that bill will probably be funded, so that is in full committee to make sure teachers the following year will get $300, and then they said if all goes well, we'll bump that up another 200 the following year. Uh, House Bill 340 is another bill that's going through committee. This is clarifying some language. We have laws on the books for zero tolerance for offenses, such as bringing a gun to school or having illegal drugs in school. But there was really nothing clear there on a threat of mass violence, uh, bringing a bomb or shooting up a school. Uh, this bill was brought to me uh, by some, some members of K-12. through They want to clarify that if a student goes into school and they threaten mass violence, that that would be a zero tolerance offense and they would be expelled for one calendar year. Uh, House Bill 391 is the bill that I think Mr. York is probably going to like the most here. This is about um, the line worker program out at Columbia State where we're training kids to be line workers or CDL drivers or heavy equipment operators or health sciences. Well, those those short-term credentials or industry certifications do not qualify for Tennessee Reconnect or Tennessee Promise scholarships. We've been working on this bill for two years. We've been told that it looks like the governor's going to put it in his supplemental budget. We'll create a two-year pilot program that will allow uh, the Tennessee Board of Regents to partner with all the different community colleges to create these short-term credentials or industry certifications and create a scholarship program for these kids that want to take these. I believe currently out of Columbia State, they've got like an enrollment of 10 to 13 kids and a waiting list of roughly 40 that are trying to get enough money to pay for for the, the program. The return on investment on this is huge for Tennesseans. We could be turning out more line workers, more truck drivers, more heavy equipment operators, more short-term credentials and industry certifications in health sciences to start to fill these critical needs in our in our in our workforce to make sure that we have enough people to do these. And by the way, most of the starting pay on these jobs is roughly between probably fifty and seventy thousand dollars a year. So these are well, ways- Scott, that's important because, you know, I'm, I'm mentoring 10 kids uh, that's 
trying to go to either vocational or college mm-hmm. uh, in this upcoming year. So it's important to have those options available for, for them uh, so that they can either go to college, go to a two-year, or either go to a vocation. Mm-hmm. So this, this is what we're trying to do is create more opportunities, especially for adults, right? Let's say you're an adult working somewhere and you can go back and get an industry certification that gets you a higher pay level. There you go. It's, it's, it's creating more opportunities for people to make themselves more valuable in the workforce, which means that equates out to higher pay. And then the last bill I have in committee, this is a pretty simple bill. It's literally four words long. The bill is four words long. And every, whenever I file a bill that has four, just four words in it, it makes everybody really nervous because they think it's a caption bill and I'm hiding something. But no, it's four words long. The words are sophomore, junior, and senior. That's the whole bill. And what it applies to is we currently have in our, in our high schools, you are able to do dual enrollment starting with your sophomore year for career technical. But you're not allowed to do that for community colleges. So we're going to create the opportunity here. We're just going to add sophomore to the community college side that, therefore, with these short-term credentials and industry certifications and dual enrollment, these kids can start to pull money down to take these courses their sophomore year on their electives and start to they – could, they could graduate with either an, with an associate's degree, short-term credentials, or industry certifications when they graduate high school ready to go to the workforce. I have a question That's about that. That's a good that. thing. Yes, yes. Yes, it is a good thing. Um, so I'm under the impression right now that there's grant money for four credit classes. So if you can do it your sophomore year and had time to take potentially six, is the a money going to – would there be money for kids to take six classes instead of just four? Yes, that is correct. Sweet. Yes. Yes. We, we, we return roughly, and the goal would be eventually is to take it from a grant program and probably transition this into lottery money. We, we return about 60 to $70 million a year back to the lottery. Uh, we, we have the economic cost of this bill for the short-term credentials uh, to roughly be probably about 3 to $4 million a year. It's, it's something that we can afford. And, and we're very cautious about pulling money out of the lottery funds for these programs. That's why I'd like to see a pilot program. Let's get the data. Let's see the success rates. And then we can come back, and now we have data to support, hey, let's make this a funding program in the lottery. I hope that passes. Yes, it should. It should. These Scott, are all. Scott, yes, sir. let me ask you this question. What's being done about Tennessee State? I know that um, the legislature is critical about the comptroller's report about the, the students yes. uh, going to different houses, but the Tennessee has already audited and found that they owe Tennessee State more than $500 million that they hadn't been funding it, and now they're criticizing their use of funds. And and the other thing that bothers me, there was some casual criticism about the uptick in enrollment in Tennessee State in the last year or two. Mm -hmm. And and the legislators were asking why, you know, that should be a given why they want to go to HBCU. And he was talking particularly about minority kids going to Tennessee State. But what's being done to backfill? I know in my state, Grambling State University had to sue the state to get paid on monies that they defunded them for. So what's being done about Tennessee State? So there's two different issues there, Ms. York. The first issue I'm going to address is about the enrollment. 
one of the reasons why the General Assembly is upset with Tennessee State right now is because of the way they marketed their to these kids that they would have they would have housing at Tennessee State. And they didn't. They did not have enough dorm rooms to accommodate the increase in growth. And so now they're having to put these kids up in hotel rooms, which is which is not a responsible way to run your university. Well, it's not responsible for the state not to fund them properly. Well, all these years they have defunded Tennessee State over and over and over again. A lot of that had to do with Mr. York is their drop in enrollment over year, over year, over year. And now. They did something, and I applaud them for it, but what they did was uh, not acting responsibly for these students, promising them that they would have a place to live, and now we got we got them housed all over Nashville right now, and some of them are not in great housing environments in some of the hotels they're staying at. And so we are being critical of, of the uh, Board of Regents and, and the administrative staff of Tennessee State right now for doing this to putting themselves in a very bad spot. Um, the funding issue, Mr. York, we get funding requests in the billions of dollars from all of our all of our state universities, and we try to make we try to be as fair as we can and sprinkle the money around everywhere we have to make sure that we're addressing their needs. When when the tornado came through and tore up TSU, we stopped all other payments, all other projects in the state of Tennessee. That's what delayed the health sciences building at Columbia State for a year because we poured all kinds of money into TSU to get that program up and running and rebuilt as quickly as possible. So What it, I'm saying, when, when you haven't funded that school, you can look for problems to arise. And if they've got an uptick in enrollment and they're putting them in the hotel, well, that's good. It's better than sleeping in offices. Well, that, 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 that's true, Mr. York, but, but these kids could have gone to other uh, historically black universities and had a dorm room and, and be able to experience the college life instead of having to live in an apartment in East Nashville somewhere. Our, our, their our choice room. was Tennessee State University, and that was their choice. And, and, that's, and that's because Tennessee State promised them dorm rooms and a quality of, of college living that they were going to experience that now they're segregated to these, to these hotels all over Nashville, and they're not experiencing any type of college atmosphere. They're having to go back and forth to a hotel room. So that's, and, that, and that's a debate we can have, but I, just, I, I wish they wouldn't have done that. I wish they would have come to us saying, hey, we want to build more dorm rooms to expand our capacity and done that first. Well, all right. That's 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 another excuse, Scott. That I'm not accepting that. Fair enough. Miss York, you're a hammer in search of a nail. All right, let's take a break. This is Barry Duke, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us. We know that Jeep owners are one of a kind. Choose from our huge inventory or build your own one of a kind Jeep from the ground up. Stop by today and one of our product specialists will help you customize the Jeep you want. Wrangler, Grand Cherokee, and Grand Wagoneer in the perfect color, gotta have them options, powertrain, and more. And now, take advantage of the Jeep Wave program. More free maintenance at no additional cost. Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us. Online at ColumbiaCDJR.com Hello. This is Rick Tillis with Tillis Jewelry in Columbia and Lewisburg, Tennessee. What are you looking for in a jeweler? Knowledgeable staff? 
experienced goldsmiths, or true custom designers experienced working with clients creating that perfect gift for a special loved one? Well, you have found them. Tell us story. We're this and so much more. Check us out at tillastory.com or on Facebook and Instagram to see our latest creations. Tell us story, Columbia and Lewisburg, Tennessee. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Do you suffer from from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Kick off the new year with new home upgrades from Hiller. This month, when you buy something you need for your home, we'll give you something you want. For a limited time, when you purchase a new whole home generator, new tankless water heater, or select new HVAC systems, we'll give you a free 55-inch TV, free solo smokeless stove, or a free Nintendo Switch. Pick your prize when you upgrade essential systems for your home. Don't wait. Book online at happyhiller.com today. Call the happy face truck today. This is Dr. Mike Steele. Tune in to American Steel, a weekly discussion of topics and events related to the challenges in our world. Listen as we examine the path to relevance and truth in our society and culture. You can catch the show on 101.7 WKOM at 7 p.m. on Sundays. Also, we can be found online at WKOM Radio or on Twitter at WKOM WKRM. See you on Sunday. I have got somebody very important on the phone, Mr. Miles Johnson from Foodland. Miles, how are you today? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. As always, you guys have some great specials going on there at Foodland. So what specials you got for us this week? Well, this week we have whole New York strip, four forty nine a pound. Boston butt pork roast, $1.69 a pound. Five-pound bag of Idaho potatoes, $2.99 each. And Nestle Pure Life water, 24-pack, three for 12. And as always, Miles, you guys are open 7 a.m. till 9 p.m., seven days a week, right there on West 7th Street. And uh, we appreciate uh, all the great deals that you have and the great staff you have working there. And uh, have a great day, a great weekend, and we'll talk to you next week, okay? All righty, thank you. Thank you, Miles. All right, that's Miles Johnson from Foodland. And uh, again, 427 West 7th Street right here in Columbia, near the post office, if you're familiar with that. And again, they're open seven days a week. Go on in and get yourself some good deals. So go check that out. Okay, folks, welcome back. Three Dudes with a View, Monday edition. I hate to say it there. You know, they say the worst is over now. The sun is kind of coming up like a red rubber ball. You ought to hear our discussions during the break. 
It's uh, the worst ain't over, people. But um, yeah, my name is Del Kennedy. I am dude number three. Dude number two, Clayton Harris. How are you? Doing well, Del. COVID came from a lab. We all t- we all called it a couple of years ago. We were told we were crazy. People were shut down and told to be silent. But the government came out over the weekend and said it did come from and, a lab. And, you know, this it's the same. You know, Washington or the liberal media always admits it three or four years later when nobody cares. Yep. I mean, our own Dr. Stephen Porter right here in, in Columbia, our right here in this station told us that uh, of course he was in the pharmaceutical industry and he told us that the research had been funded by the united states government headed in this case uh, that department headed by andy by uh, anthony fauci and uh it started with research being done over north carolina state and then that researcher uh went on to the wuhan lab in china she was of chinese origin and apparently uh, the united states continued funding even in the wuhan lab surprise 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 correct surprise that russia uh, you know, it's a hoax. Surprise that Hunter, climate change is Hunter, a hoax. Hunter Biden laptop. Surprise, surprise on Hunter Biden. You know, this is the way it works in this country, and that's why, Miss York, you don't understand why we are a suppressed and oppressed people. Because because <laughs> this happens. This happens. You know, all that stuff you're talking about is a just swag. And and all this and stuff happens. I guess happens, you know what that means, don't you? And there's not a thing Nobody we can do about knew. it, or anybody will listen to us about it. Nobody knew where that virus came from, and they're still not concrete evidence. Well, a friend and neighbor whom I trusted told me his name was uh, Dr. Stephen Porter. Okay, yeah, I guess he was in the research. He was right there at the lab, right? Yes, he was, as a matter of fact. Uh, All right, dude number one, Mr. Jim York, how you doing? Hey, good morning, good morning. (laughs) Starting that propaganda again. I know, you know. Of course, you know, TSU and everything else in the world to you is just a racist conspiracy. So, you know, well, I just think I'm they in a bad mood, Mr. I right. just think Dude. they ought to fund the school. Instead regular, of, you know, regular. trying to take over Mason, Tennessee, trying to take over the, the university, this, this sounds like a conspiracy to me. Hammer and search of a nail. All right, uh, dude, regular special guest dude, Carrie Powers, how are you? Excellent, thank you. All right, uh, we are pleased to have and folks we are in the legislative tornado this week and it really does affect i mean a lot of time you see all these headlines all these terrible things are going to happen or these good things are going to happen well what the legislature does this week is really going to affect our lives here in murray county scott specky representative scott specky welcome good morning everybody what else going on scott uh, just to finish up on, on this, uh, we have another hearing uh, tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock on the Education Instruction Full Committee. Um, you know, we've heard a lot of this information about the, the, the our test, our end-of-course tests, and they don't align to our standards, and they're not fair. And so we have the vendor coming in, Pearson, the largest testing vendor in the world. They're coming into our committee tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow, and they're going to testify for about two hours, and they're going to let us know how a test is created, how it, how their test syncs up with our standards, what types of things that they're looking for in their test, how that information equates out to what level of learning a kid has based off of what they score on. And then the big question we're asking is, you know, it's third grade. Like, we're talking third grade retention. How does our third grade test, based off of standards and what we're testing, stack up to the 37 tests that they do across the state? Think about that across the country. They're in 37 states. They do the testing for these 37 states. 
are we testing different things or are we pretty much testing the same things in third grade? And if the answer is yes, we are, then we have to figure out, okay, then what are we doing in our system that sums are at 60% literacy rate in third grade and we're at 33 If the test is pretty much the same, measuring the same things, then why are our students so far behind? And that's... And we know the reason why, like we talk about in kindergarten, right? They're they're being pushed forward. They're not being held accountable. And if I've been told one time, I've been told a hundred times, pick the grade level above third grade. And the teachers are like, look, you can't hold me accountable for these kids academically because two-thirds of my class is two and three grade levels behind. Okay, well, we keep pointing back. What's the problem? What's the problem? Like I said, it to me, it's very clear is we can't we cannot let them out of kindergarten until they're ready to go. Ready to go first grade. Ready to go to first grade. I have yeah. a question about Pearson. And, and, and folks, uh, liberals and Democrats and Republicans and conservatives seem to agree on this, and it's just uh, makes sense, matches, I think, everybody's experience in raising their own children and grandchildren. So go ahead, Carrie. Okay, well, first, I cannot say enough how much I support putting more money, younger grades, start, you know, let's pump the resources there, get the kids straight out of the gate on grade level, and do not keep pushing them along if they are not prepared so i love that but i have a question about pearson mm-hmm. um i assume and if we're buying a test or admin or paying a company to administer the test there's a large sum of money i assume going to pearson were they the group that was in charge a few years ago when the computers all went down and we just had no testing and got no data no that was that was a different vendor uh, the one we previously got rid of. There was about three years in a row that the vendors, the, the servers kept dropping. And so we switched. Um, I think when I got in there, yes, it was the second year I was there when Pearson came online. Now, what we did was, and I thought was very smart, was um, myself and others, we ran a bill to say, look, with this new vendor coming online to do online testing, let's give them a couple years to test the system to make sure it, it's in place. And so we passed a bill that the test had to be given written, right? Had had to hand out the test like we used to. And shockingly, when we did that, the first year after we passed that bill, we got zero complaints about the test. Because guess what? Everybody had a piece of paper in front of them that had to test on it, right? The second year now, we took out high school and just made it middle and, and elementary for paper testing. And once again... No problems with the test because the, the the limitations on the server online were just reserved to high school. This coming year, we're going to roll out middle school, and we're going to see what happens. My gut feeling is that'll be as far as we go because there's anecdotal and there's statistical data that shows, especially in early education in 3, 4, and 5, the, pre- the paper tests are better for the kids to give because it, it reduces the anxiety of having to flip through a computer screen, click and screen, click and scroll, click and scroll, click and scroll, where the kids have this piece of paper in front of them that has the questions written out on them, reading and comprehension, Right, and so they can read, and then they can answer it. And so, I, my gut feeling is this is as far as it's going to go. It'll be middle school and high school will be online. Elementary will still stay paper, and if everything goes smooth this year with the vendor, which they have assured us that they're ready to go, even if they have all of Memphis, all of uh, Nashville, all of Knoxville, and all of Chattanooga on the server at the same time, it won't even peak capacity, not even close. So these paper tests, though, speaking of like the third grade retention bill, Mm -hmm. 
It is done at the end of the year, mm-hmm. the test. Mm-hmm. How are you going to get the results back in time if a ki- to see if a kid needs to go to summer school? Because that's the one thing I hear from teachers is these tests don't ever come back on time. That's the big problem they've had over the years. So the raw scores with the new Pearson vendor we have, the raw scores are due back in 11 days. Wow. 11 days. 11 day turnaround. If, the, if they don't have them back in 11 days, we claw back money from them and it's $30 million. Ooh. Trust me. Like wow, yeah. Accountability? Did I just hear yeah. accountability? Yes. So we, we're serious about this. Is If we're going to have this retention bill, then we have to make sure that they have the ability to identify those kids that did not. Now, we've also, we're also working on a couple solutions here. Um, we've talked to the Senate. Um, the Senate is really not wanting to do anything with the retention bill, but we found a couple common sense things that I think we can agree on, such as who can file an appeal. Right now, in the retention bill, it's limited to a parent, right? Well, there are those groups of parents out there that have reading and comprehension issues. I'll leave it at that, right? They'll have no way how to navigate the system. So we're going to expand that to allow a parent to initiate it, but they can get help from a teacher, a principal, a guidance counselor, a social worker in the school of the student to help them with the appeal. And there's nine different ways to appeal. Um, We are also working on... And this is, we, we missed this, that said if a student is retained for some reason, they don't have access to tutoring. We just missed that. So we're going to run a bill that says if a student is retained, that they have access to tutoring. It'd be a requirement mm-hmm. to make sure that they get the necessary help. And then the third thing we're looking at is, and this is, this is what we're getting a lot of pressure on from the districts, is something else to evaluate the kids on instead of the one-shot deal on the TCAP test. And that's what Pearson's going to talk about, and we'll discuss that further. But I think you'll see something that says, if a student scores on the TCAP test approaching, so there's below with the kids that are really behind, and approaching is in the 40th percentile to the 63rd percentile, all right? We believe that that kid may be close enough that if they score on the 40th percentile on the last benchmark that they take before the TCAP test to see where they are, with additional help the following year, like tutoring or maybe even offering summer school to the kid, that they should be able, from talking to teachers and administrators, that if they score approaching and on that 40th percentile with the necessary supports the following year, they should be able to get that kid on grade level in that next year. But here's what's going to change. The benchmarks are given very arbitrarily across all the districts where teachers are helping the kids take the benchmarks. We would have to shift away from that to maintain integrity of the benchmark where they'd have to be given like a TCAP test, where it's the kids have to take the test on their own and show what, what we know so we can have validity to say, hey, this kid actually is close enough that we can move them forward. You're talking about the 66% of the kids that are potentially going to be retained. It would drop that down to about 25. Okay, folks. So. Um, we are getting close to the end, and I just want to remind people what Scott has already told us. There are two bills in front of the respective committees this week in both the Senate and the House in Nashville. One, the Taxpayer uh, Relief Property Taxpayer Relief Act, aka Impact Fees, House Bill twelve oh six. Yep, and the uh, designation of the Duck River as a scenic river in western Murray County. House Bill 447. These will affect our lives, folks, and Scott has told us 
Uh, you know, emails are not effective at this point in time. The legislature is at full burn. They are overwhelmed uh, with meetings and hearings uh, almost around the clock. You can do two things. Call your uh, legislator's office or call, more importantly, our legislators, Scott, Joey Henley's, Skip Capley. Now, they're all Kip, on our side. Kip Capley. Uh, Kip Capley. Sorry, they're all, they're all on our side. So, you know, uh, thank them for what they're doing. But uh, there are other uh, representatives, senators around the state who are on these committees. You can call or go up to the Capitol Hill and go door-to-door and visit. It is not uh, – don't send emails. There are too many. They can't read them all. Uh, it is not necessary. If you can catch the representative or senator, uh, speak with them. That's great. But it's really uh, as effective just for their staff to tell them, hey, some people were in the office today. They support these bills. They took the time to come up and speak with you and come to Capitol Hill away from their jobs and whatever else they're doing. So, uh, you know, this this is showtime. Uh Get at it. Do what you need to do. And, Scott, uh, real quick, is there anything else? Uh, I mean, those are the big things going on. No, that's about it, right? I guess that's about what, it. Oh, no, that's about it. <laughs> it's yeah. everything. What is that education here in committee, Scott? Uh, it is 9 a.m. on Tuesday, and you can tune in to watch it live stream through the Tennessee General Assembly website. Just click on videos, scroll down to that education instruction committee at 9 o'clock, and when, the li- when it goes live at 9 o'clock, it'll say view event, and you can click on it and watch it. Pearson is the only presenter that whole two hours. It'll be very interesting on, on the line of questioning that we're going to be able to ask them. And those are the people who uh, make, make the test. Make the test, yeah, the company who sells the state the test. All right, also, uh, you know. Thank you. Yeah, that, yes, af- that affects our lives. All right, folks, we will be back tomorrow. It's Ron Hart Day. Uh, and tomorrow, Tuesday's Ron Hart Day. We expect him in. See what's going on in Ron's world. Sure, we'll have plenty to talk about. Oh, gosh. Sure, we'll have plenty to talk about. Be nice. That's all I'm saying. Clayton. Who knows what could drop Be on nice, the news Clayton. this evening. Be nice. That's all I'm saying. Be nice. Yeah. Audrey Taylor Green. Worse. Who knows? <laughs> She's making Santos, of- George Santos, Governor Lee, Chris and Andre. Oh, dear God. <laughs> Don't worry, Miss York. I'll give you a drag show anytime you want. I don't, I don't-